Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Seavey, the Special Projects Council of the American Legion here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Ashley Garbolja Moldenado from our nation's capital and the always popular Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, currently in Hollywood, California. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Outstanding. Jeff, you appear to have lived through Boys Nation. <laughs> I did. I, I, and now I'm sleepwalking through life after that. Yeah, somnambulant, I believe is the word. Yes. <laughs> how, how, how was it? Did you have fun? It's the week that changes lives. And it's also, they feed you so well. It's the week that expands waistlines. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm recovering from that because I know, uh, I know that we have convention coming up and Holly ordered me a size shirt. That would have been appropriate a month or two ago, but I need to make it appropriate now because, woo! Yeah, oh I, I, yeah, I'm expanding at the speed of light as well. So I, I get you. I'm uh, shrinking yeah. at the speed of light. Are you? Congratulations! Yeah, I'm officially down 20 pounds. Braggart, oh, look at you! Is this a mostly working out, mostly eating right, or just? Well, I can tell you last week that I biked 50 plus miles wow, in one day, and I have been hitting the gym twice a week and I just weighed in yesterday. So I'm not going to say the number out loud, but I still have some work to go. I'm really excited. It's yeah, been nice. I, there's, I wouldn't, I, I can't get on a scale. I would uh, probably, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really all that self-conscious, but it would probably be enough to shock me into crying or something. But Aww. today we have We've had the pleasure of talking to our guest here for a little bit, Stu, who uh, very quiet and reserved gentleman. I think you're going to enjoy Stu a great deal. But uh, Stu Rochelle served as a combat photographer and a journalist with the U.S. Army with the 1st Infantry Division in Vietnam. After leaving the Army in 1970, he worked as a professional and then an actor and a playwright for over 30 years with principal roles in more than 40 feature films and independent short films. He taught and performed in prisons in both California and New York, and has written and toured for one-man stage play. His most recent play, Vietnam Through My Lens, is currently on tour, and Rochelle performs in theaters, colleges, municipal auditoriums, and even at a VFW Post in conjunction with a visit of The Wall That Heals. He's a life member of Post 581 in New York. And right after this commercial break, we'll be back with Stu, and you guys are going to love him as much as we did. So... Stay tuned for that. Hearing loss and tinnitus are the top service-connected disabilities, and we know that hearing issues can result in social isolation and loneliness. These issues, in turn, can lead to a host of other potential health conditions, especially for veterans. That's why staying connected with family and friends is so critical to our health. The Heroes with Hearing Loss program supports veterans facing the challenges of hearing loss and provides solutions to keep us connected. One of those solutions is the caption telephone, which allows veterans to listen and read what is said over the phone, making it easier than ever to connect with those who matter most in our lives. 
Thanks to the sponsor of Heroes with Hearing Loss, Hamilton Captail. Captioned telephones are available at no cost for veterans. Learn more at heroeswithhearingloss.org. All right, now we're joined by Stu Rochelle. Stu, thank you so much for joining us. We nice appreciate to be with you guys. Appreciate you taking uh, time out of your day. And we are going to start with Ashley. Absolutely, absolutely. So Stu, very impressive background. So you were a photographer and a journalist in the 1st Infantry Division of Vietnam. And I wanted to ask you about your experience um, as a service member and then how, you know, potentially I'm assuming photography and journalism would kind of lead you down this road to your over 30 year, you know, passion for being a creative and an actor and um, a playwright professional. Uh, look, it was, <clears throat> it was just a chance thing in Vietnam. I had, I, I wanted to get forward and, uh, I, I, I would have regretted spending two years of my life in the military if they had been in backwater places rather than where world history was being made. I had this odd compulsion. So, so I got over there and then I was a clerk and I wasn't happy about that. And I found my way into this unit called the public information office. PIO. And so without a lot of training, certainly none as a photographer, I didn't know what I was doing. And frankly, I still don't. But, but I was allowed to get to become one of these guys in this public information office with other guys who were really professionals before they went into the army. And uh, I, so I wandered through that path, loved it, getting out in the field, being involved with things, taking pictures, writing stories, and uh, I even tried to get a position, as I recall, toward the end of my tour at the end of 69 uh, with a thing called, oh, uh, it, it was a, a paper overseas called the Overseas Weekly. I wanted to stay as a photographer in Vietnam and they, they offered me a position as a, as a, a, a oh, typesetting or doing some other thing, but not being the photographer. But I really haven't followed those paths since then, I write periodically and have written some plays that have been produced. Nothing with a photography, and I frankly have avoided even carrying a camera when I've gone away on some trips where I wander with a backpack. So it's kind of an odd, I just haven't picked up a camera really since uh, Vietnam. That's fascinating. Except wow. when someone on the street says, take a picture of me. <laughs> you know, can, you, can you take this picture and I have of to tell them, how do I use this camera, you know? <laughs> so it's, I, I haven't, I, I'm not saying there's some secret reason. I, I just have always felt that cameras can sometimes interfere if you take them on a trip, a wandering kind of trip. You're not out just going from destination to destination, shooting this tower or whatever. You can lose the opportunity to have experiences if you're worried about the goddamn cameras. So I don't know. That's <laughs> said every Gen Z or millennial out there. No, just kidding. I'm sorry. Say that again. I said, I said every Gen Z and millennial ever. Yeah. It's just a pull on all the social media. Stu. Oh, don't, I can't. Don't, don't mind it. me. Don't mind me. No, no, no. <laughs> Everyone's always got their cameras out and it's always, it's refreshing to hear you say that Stu, because there's so many oh. folks out there who just, They'll have the camera up <laughs> while they're at a concert or like they're like videotaping the fireworks. I'm like, just watch the fireworks. Okay. When Nobody's going to watch I've, this video. I've <laughs> wandered around uh, uh, Burma, Thailand, the Philippines, 
just with a backpack 20 years ago, mm -hmm. 25 years ago, in, in difficult circumstances, and, 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 and met some wonderful people just, and then I get involved with them and that produced more experiences. But the point I'm making, I think about it these days and I said, if you went to the same damn places in the middle of the jungle, you'd probably run across some little bastard who wants to take pictures and send audio of some kind to places. I couldn't stand that. That would ruin the whole trip experience. So, but yeah, I'm not pointing to your floor particularly, but <laughs> I don't get it. You know what, Stu? You're my favorite guest right now. Yeah. I, it's, you're just so raw and real, man. I love it. You're just like cameras. No. Be present, be alive, yeah, yeah. live your life. And you, you certainly did that. And, you know, and you took an experience away from Vietnam. You, you traveled, not all that wander are lost, right? Yeah. And you, you wind up in, you know, as an actor playwright. And I know Jeff's got some questions for you, so I'll, I'll turn mm -hmm. it over to him. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't want it to go unnoticed, but thank you for the Lord of the Rings reference. That was excellently worked in there. Appreciate okay. it. And, and of course, I didn't recognize it at all no of course you didn't i don't know what but you're talking of about didn't. yeah not me all the, not all the wanderer lost that's just oh, is that, uh, i thought you were talking to me and i said i didn't no, have anything no, to do with it no. all right jeff you're all right. up all right not only are we uh fellow veterans we are fellow sag after members so i know unity, i know that from you unity. that's just grand that's grand <laughs> so in the, i'm also in another organization i don't know if you're involved with it. veterans in uh media and entertainment vme no. And we talk a lot about a couple of things. One, the, the gap, we call it the gap, <clears throat> the service gap. So the time spent uh, in service where everybody else is doing their thing and you have to catch yeah. up when they're out. And yeah. then the other thing we talk about is the similarities between the military experience and entertainment. Did you notice any of those? Similarities between military experience and entertainment. Um, could you please tell me what you mean? It doesn't. Oh, the, you. oh, the hurry up and wait. The, oh, oh, of the, course. Yeah, the the early mornings, the uh, the constant uh, preparing to do something, uh, spending a lot more time preparing than doing. Well, it's really funny. I, if you ask me that, and I'm sorry, I'm being so stupid, but but it, <laughs> were you a marine it's too? Not, it's I not mean, hard it's for me not to our do, fault. But it's but but. If you ask me that question after basic training or after my first assignment in uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia, while I was still in a, a straight unit where you had to do things at a certain time and you had to look good and have all your uniforms and everything else, I would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, the hurry up and wait. And I can't stand all this, this, this attention to detail. <laughs> I, but but I forgot about all that because that's not what Vietnam is like. Right. I mean, my that that background is uh, just another another world where you're you're certainly not worried about what you look like when you're out in the bush. You're not worried. You certainly wouldn't be carrying around things that would uh, whether you certainly wouldn't carry extra. Oh, I want to be seen with this or that, or even or even watches that were shiny or anything that was a shiny thing. You you didn't want to be seen in the in the jungle. And, and you, were, you were worried about, not, not me as much as many others. I don't want to paint the wrong picture. I was there with guys on different occasions, but then I could retreat uh, to the base camp and, and it was relatively free of danger for four or five days and then I'd go out again. But for the guys, and this is where I really should focus, for the guys who were infantrymen and, and so many others 
dog handlers, chopper pilots, uh, medevac chopper pilots, and a host of others, and the infantrymen, the guys who were in danger uh, 24-7, and the fright and the, the fear. Those are the guys who, uh, who really understand this. They wouldn't be talking about uh, you know, the, all the uh, similarities that you speak of, but it's that Vietnam experience. And, and of course, that would be true, I'm sure, for Iraq, Afghanistan, and the like. But uh, I'm sorry I was, wasn't quick on the trigger with that. No, story. no, no, no. I, my, only, my only problem with you today is that you don't seem to have any opinions on anything. And, uh, <laughs> you're so scared, so, so, so scared to let toast. them be known. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> we got to get you, you a little, we got to get you more comfortable here. So well, I, did, I will, I will, I'll, I'm about to do it again. I think I'll, I'll retreat for a second. <laughs> I caused it no, 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 no in, this, in this case, I, I lost a friend and uh, about remarks. I guess I can, I can say it without detailing the remarks, but uh, it, you know, jumping into the fray can, can hurt. You all know that in relationships politics these days, you, you say the wrong thing to the wrong people, people you care about, but they are violently and viciously at odds with how they feel about a certain man or, or COVID or shots or something. It's a, it's a horrible state of affairs we're at in this country with how you can't discuss based on reason and logic. It's, it's horrible. Uh, I will just tell you though, that I, I lost a friend and, and, and others in a Zoom conference when I made some remarks about Jane Fonda. I'm not, I'm not going to repeat the remarks, but I think if you're a veteran, uh, you have some feeling about way it would, the way it would be with respect to her sitting on an artillery piece in North Vietnam. So it, how, wasn't a, it wasn't that her exercise videos were overproduced and the music <laughs> was a little this distracting? Was pre, this no? was pre that, this was all before, oh. this was six, I don't know. Well, no, the 16. Zoom call, the Zoom call. When oh, you no, talked the Zoom about, call was yeah. just maybe uh, eight yeah. or ten months ago, but uh, but no, it had nothing to do with the exercise. No, I laud her as an actress, but I make distinctions. Uh, All right, and so I've, that, I've done enough, I've, or I'll hurt some of your audience will get pissed off. <laughs> well, I want to thank you because you know what, I don't have to rant today, and no one can be angry <laughs> at me. So you, you did <laughs> I, before before I let you go. I'm gonna. We're going to talk a little bit because you've done a lot of acting and yeah. I, I want to acknowledge the fact that you're in, and I think this is kind of where Ashley was going. You've been a storyteller since the army uh, and you're, and it's you're funny. continuing to be a storyteller uh, and we'll get more to that after the break, but. but that, you, I just want to stop you because oh. that, that's interesting that you say that because I never thought of myself that way. Only when I began to write, when I wrote uh, Vietnam Through My Lens, my solo show that's prompted by my experiences in Vietnam, only when I wrote that did I come to think about myself and eventually start to call myself a storyteller. I, others saw it and knew it, and I didn't. Uh, so I like the way you said, since the time of writing in, in Vietnam, it's progressed even and played. Even photography. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that whole you're thousand right. words, thousand words thing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I'm going to go right, to Mark. stuff. I'm going to go to something else because I, I think it's interesting. Um, we both. Uh, I, I went to Afghanistan and served as an infantryman, and I had already uh, graduated from college before I went. But 
I also went to law school when I came back. And oh. uh, so, and I am an attorney now. Wow. Uh, from your background, what I find sorry so interesting that. is you, you, hundred percent. That's exactly like, the that's same thing. That's exactly what he said. That's yeah. exactly what he said. <laughs> and so I, I think it's funny because when I came back and went to law school, fresh out of the military, it annoyed me beyond belief because I would hear like first year law oh. students saying, this is the toughest year of my life. And it's like, oh. Dude, I just got back from Afghanistan. Like, if you think it's hard to read books and remember what you read, you really haven't lived. And so when I finished law school for uh, like almost 10 years, I took the bar, passed the bar, but I did not want to be an attorney. And so I was a war reporter and I loved it. Now I'm an attorney because I'm getting old and I can't always go to war. So it is what it is. But I always. Wait wait, wait a minute. Where? War reporter. Where? I worked for the American Legion. I, I went to Afghanistan. I went to oh. the North Pole. I did. And and so to me, it was the same thing. I never envisioned that I really, I, I'm not a writer by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but when I would write a story and I could tell someone else's experience, I did okay with it. Thank God I, I had you editors did. and everything else. But you know, I, I don't think it's that far. I, I like the fact that you were a lawyer for however many years. What was it? was over 10 17, years, right? So. 17 years. And then you were like, you know what? There's more to life than being a lawyer, which I will grant you 100%. There is a lot more to life than being a lawyer. Lawyer helps me to provide for my three kids under yeah. seven. So I guess it's a necessary evil. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. As many lawyers have said, I'd rather hang out with my clients than other lawyers. But I'm curious as to, you know, I, I, I love the depth of what you did. You're a photographer and then you became an attorney, which is the personification of everything that's corporate. And now you're an actor, which, again, is going back. So I'm curious of how you viewed your life through this lens of moving from one thing to another. I, uh, I, I'll basically cut to the chase. I practiced law because I, I didn't know what else I should be doing. That's what I signed up for, I went to school for. And as time went by, and there were moments where I enjoyed, felt fulfillment, but over time I grew weary and I was succeeding with GE, but I didn't wanna do it anymore. I'd look at the, my, my desk and I still have the same kind of assortment of things on my desk and, and structure. I have little piles and, of things that have to be dealt with. And uh, I didn't want to look at them anymore. And so I, I told my boss I wanted to leave. He urged me to stay, but he said, don't do this today. Think about it over the weekend. I got back and I said, no, Jack, I, I want to I go. He then said, well, okay, I'll let you do, I'll relieve you of your day-to-day responsibilities. And I want you to uh, create a course on contracts and practices, contracting practices for the people in our division. He knew that I like to teach. And so I worked on that for months. I ended up doing that for some GE people, then eventually left and did some teaching at a corporate level with other corporations of contracting practices in other environments. But all the while I was growing weary and didn't wanna be even doing that. And so I was carrying on my low-level acting activity, which started to grow. And eventually I got an agent. And then I started to work for a a small theater company in San Jose called the, oh, something. And and, uh, I was their development director as well as their, I became an artist, a 
a, a writer in residence. I'm not even sure we use those words, but writer in residence, I guess. So things grew. And then, and then one day, um, a, buddy, a, a buddy of mine convinced me to uh, go to New York and give my acting and writing a shot. I was bored in San Jose. And as I'll tell you in, in the scene, if I get a chance to do a scene, you will. Um, I grew bored and I gave it a shot. I came to New York. And, and so I've progressed. I'm, I'm closer to anonymous than famous, uh, but, but I've had successes and uh, they ain't over. Uh, and so uh, it's been a gradual process, uh, an evolution of some sort. And I, I never would want to go back to the law. The only field of law that I ever should have practiced in, would have really enjoyed, would have been a, a role as a prosecutor. But it didn't happen. And then, you know. Well, I'd love to be a constitutional law lawyer, but apparently you need to go to Yale or something. And I did not. <laughs> you, so yeah, I don't care I, where you go, but you better be smart. Super, super smart. I, I feel you on that one. All right, let's take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with you in a moment. Italy. On September 11th, 2001, our American way of life was attacked. Everyone remembers where they were that day and how their lives changed from that moment on. The American Legion is committed to honoring the memories of those we lost on 9-11 and in the global war on terrorism that followed. As part of that commitment, the American Legion Tango Alpha Lima podcast presents a special series, 9-11-2020. 20 episodes in the 20 days leading up to the 20th anniversary of the attacks that changed the world. Each of the 20 guests delivers a unique first-hand perspective on 9-11 and our nation's response. New episodes will be released each weekday, starting on August 16th. All right, now we're rejoined by Stu Rochelle and Jeff Daly. You are up first on round two. Go. All right, Stu, we've decided that you're a storyteller, right? We agree on this? Yes, yes. All right, you and I agree on it, but, you know, there's people in this world who just don't believe it until they see it. So I think what we're going to have to do is ask you to prove it. And I've told that you, I've been told that you're prepared to present a little something for us from your works. Like where, where is this coming? Where, what is the project first? What is what? What is the project that this comes from? Oh yeah. Uh, I have written a number of solo shows, one man stage plays. The latest, which was completed in 2014, was is called Vietnam Through My Lens. It's a series of stories prompted by my experience over in Vietnam as a photographer and journalist with the 1st Infantry Division, 1969. Uh, some of the stories are poignant, some are humorous, uh, some are factual. Most do not relate, most do not take place about action in Vietnam. There's no blood and guts, no politics. That's a way to lose half an audience. So it's, um, so it's a it's a bunch of stories that and many of them, some of them many of them show how Vietnam has colored my life I'll say how it's affected me uh, I don't mean you know PTSD I don't think I've suffered from that others might differ but um, but just how it affects you any serious experience will have some impact uh, so this is one of those stories and and uh, that I, I I would hope to do for you. I was ready to do six, but I'll do this one. And, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was ready oh. to do six. All but right. uh, uh, I, this one is, has an unexpected 
relationship to you guys and uh and it's 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 nice well we do love hearing about ourselves and i do (laughs) want to give you the opportunity to display your storytelling so i'm gonna shut up like literally put myself on mute and just leave the screen audio and video to you sir are you ready sure all right we're gonna say we're gonna go in three two action I grew bored in San Jose. A good buddy of mine, Paul Powers, suggested that I give my acting and writing a shot in New York City. Paulie's a wise fellow. That was all the investigation and analysis I needed. So in December 97, I drove my little rental truck across what remained of Route 66 and some other tiny blue highways Uh, finally settling in an apartment in Greenwich Village in Manhattan. Just 2,500 miles or so as the crow flies, but a seismic shift in attitude. The village, home of the Stonewall gay riot in 1969, site of the violent squatters riot in Tompkins Square Park in 1988, definitely not San Jose. New York City, When I got there, Memorial Day kind of grew on me again, attached itself to me in a headier way. In my building, uh, that day is pretty much a trigger for a long weekend, lots of bags in the lobby, talk of Fire Island, Block Island, Shelter Island, whole lot of islands. If I wanna talk about the day itself, I talked to Jerry Cosme, wonderful fellow, works in my building. Jerry's nephew, Air Force, cousin, Marines, uncle, Army, Vietnam, other uncle, World War II general. Jerry gets it. An article in the New York Times about Memorial Day caught my eye. The article was about Father Kevin Devine and his Church of the Good Shepherd. Father Devine served as an Army chaplain in Vietnam He was awarded the Silver Star for Valor for ministering to soldiers in the field in battle. The Silver Star, our nation's third highest award for valor. I took a subway uptown, found my way to Father's Church. Outside, on the steps, veterans in uniform. Uh, Some pounds got in the way, but who cared? Inside, members of American Legion Post 581 marched down the aisles carrying the American flag, the black POW MIA flag, and a host of others. Tom Hoare, their commander, led the way. Father Divine, thank God for blessings bestowed. He prayed for those who had lost their lives in battle and for those whose fate remained unknown. He walked such a delicate line so gracefully we sang the battle hymn of the republican church and concluded with america the beautiful i left the church wiping my eyes a jew who hadn't seen the inside of a synagogue in quite a while holding back tears in a catholic church the catholic church finding a place for the soldier that I had never seen before. You guys coming back? 
Yes. Uh, yes, I, I was back. I was yes. uh, I was looking up uh, Father Divine on the internet here, and of course, there is an excellent uh, website about the church itself, which is impressive. There are other there are other things, and 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 uh, you'll be getting some more photos that that would be could be useful to you, and uh, could be useful to you or of interest to you, I should say. Absolutely. Right. Well, I certainly appreciated that. It's uh, we haven't done that before. We haven't had a live uh, performance on the show before. So oh, you are a trailblazer, sir. Oh, well, I so, mean, live theater is magic. Live theater is magic, and you you can you can do it. I found. I mean, it, it. I mean, if you're just telling an honest story, or or other forms of acting, I'm sure. But it can be it can be done. But it it doesn't. It's not like being in a theater but it can move people. I've, I've watched it and heard it, heard it do so. And Father Divine was, uh, I, I, read, I read the article in the Times and for the next 20 years, with only one exception, I've gone to that church on Memorial Day. It, he so moved me and, um, and, and the whole environment moved me. I, I mean, have you ever heard such things as, you know, the Battle Hymn of the Republic being sung on Memorial Day in a church? I don't know. So, I mean, it, but he passed away about a year ago. Yeah, it, it, that's what I had said. And uh, Super Producer Holly is uh, is making sure we note here that uh, Father Divine was a proud legionnaire, often photographed in his cap, which... Yes, yes. And uh, I hope you'll be able to see some of those photos. And that there's the connection. And I, I remain connected to the post. I'm a life member of American Post 581. On, on that first day, I met the commander of Tom Hoare, the commander of Post 581. And I said, look, I want to give you a small contribution and I want to, I want to join your post. I, I won't be here. It, it was about 45 minutes away from where I live. And I said, I'm not going to be going to your meetings, but I, I want to support you. And I've seen Tom and his wife, Carolyn, every year and they've come to see some of my shows uh and in manhattan and uh they live in manhattan as well uh and and i've been just drawn to that church on memorial day and uh, now though in the, in the last year or two since he hasn't been active and since he's passed of course uh, there's a there's a change he was a paulist father and they have a certain freedom of action that some other orders don't seem to, but the, the sense, the, the attachment to Vietnam and to soldiers and veterans is not going to be the same in his absence. And so I'm not sure that I'll be drawn there for much longer. Powerful. All right, Ashley, you are up. It's so powerful. Sorry? I'm, I, I said it's so powerful, Sue. I'm just like, the, the way that you, your word choices, setting the scene, the tone. I for, like as growing up Catholic, I know a lot about sit kneel pray <laughs> and going to Catholic mass. So I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about hearing the battle hymn and just it's very transformative and transporting for me. Father divine. I'm glad father divine believed that Memorial day mass should honor both God and soldier. And that's not going to happen again. I won't say won't happen again, but it's not going to happen in this church. There's a, mm -hmm. 
it's a difficult line to walk. This is totally at random, but when I had made my confirmation, I chose the St. Michael. He's a protector of first responders and soldiers. And, you know, this was much younger before I had even thought about joining the service. And Mm -hmm. I remember the nuns saying, like, you need to pick a female saint. And I was like, absolutely not. And Uh, it just, it just, like, you took me there. You took me to that moment. You took me to that moment of, like, "Hmm, I'm a defiant individual. (laughs) Here I am, like... Galileo or not, but my question. Oh, no, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that because I love if my work touches someone. I love that. And I get all kinds of responses. I mean, we haven't been uh, doing the show since COVID. I lost a bunch of gigs because of COVID. But, uh, um, but I always have people come up after the show and they come up in, uh, imagine this one times say 20 for this number of scenes that have some poignancy to it. Imagine what you just saw times 20, some comedy as well. Um, and one and, and one or two that are factual, that are dramatic. Uh, but the people come up moved and the ones that choose to come up and they wanna to speak to me privately. They, this isn't about Q and A. Some of that can go on with a Q and A, but. The ones who want to come up afterward, that's a whole other story. So Steve, and, let me ask you this. And, so, I'm sorry? So let me so let me ask you this. So you've got all of these, how many, how many are how many separate acts are within the play? Or there the, are about 26 about scenes. 26 they run from about two minutes to about one or two of them are five minutes. Okay. Uh, uh, one of them particularly where I end up reading an essay about the infantryman that I wrote when I was in Vietnam. It, I mean, I inevitably break up. Which, one, which that, one's your no favorite? No acting involved, huh? Stu, which one's your favorite? Which one's my favorite? Yeah, uh, it's a it's a hard one. I guess I might have one. I, I it's a hard one to say. I don't mean because they're all your children. That's garbage. They they, uh, <laughs> they there are some that you know you've moved people and been effective more than others, but. Most of them really do get an impact, but one of them, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's about a restaurant and an owner, a restaurant owner, and how it became a haven for me and a few other guys is a wonderful place to go for Italian food and then upstairs to a cigar haven upstairs. That one, it becomes very poignant. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one that I guess, oh, there's one that I I have used to open my show. And I'm not sure I'll do that anymore in terms of location, but it's enormously powerful. It's the shortest piece, um, but it's about making a loan to a fellow veteran. It's, and then the, after story, the things that happened factually since then would make you even more tearful. It's a short one. I guess that's about as much of an answer. There are others I like, but those do really catch me. There's a story about a spy that's awfully good. (laughs) That's a fascinating, absolutely fascinating story. Well, I, I definitely like, I am so intrigued right now. I know <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's on the edge of his seat over there 
Mark's doing a lot of smiling. I'm sitting here like, I really want to go to the show. Else? Mark's trying to stop Googling stuff. Just, oh, that, that's, that's all right. I understand you can, uh, if you go to my website, look. That, uh, I, I was just, I, you, you, you can't steal my thunder. That was my last question to lead into. All right. Where, where, uh, where should we be reaching out to you at? Yeah. And horrible, horrible English right there. That was not, that was not law school. They're not being great. Never, never end with the word at, but all right. Where can we find you? Where can you find me? Um, the website for this show is called Vietnam through my lens.com. That's T H R O U G H folks. <laughs> Vietnam through my lens.com. And, uh, and then you'll see a lot about the show and I think you'll be struck by what goes on. And, and some of the videos we have on there, some of the press critics and the like. And there's a, a little tab called contact. And I mention that because I do perform all over. I've performed in a VFW post. I've performed in nine states, done the show, runs about an hour and a quarter. Uh, and, and though I've been wondering in the last day or two, about how much of the show or could the totality or a portion of the show be suitable for doing a Zoom uh, performance such as you've seen with American Legion post or some American Legion gathering. If you were touched by this one, you'd be blown away by the totality. Uh, now, would, would, a, would people want in, in a, an American Legion post, would an hour and a quarter be too long for folks? I don't know. I can assure you, you'll be engrossed within seconds, but I don't know. Would a mini show be a good idea? I don't know, that's to be discussed. But if people wanna talk about or inquire about doing the show for them via Zoom or live, I'm vaccinated and I'll get my booster shot, damn it, if they offer it, when they offer it. And oh, by the way, it was the VA who came to me first Without my calling, I had a number of hospitals and other things where people said, we'll tell you when, when we're ready for you. And I decided that I'd take it. And uh, <clears throat> suddenly I just get an email from the VA, which is not far from me. And there's one of them in Manhattan. And they said, give us a call, we'll schedule a visit. I called that day, had the shot, the first shot about two days later, three days later, and three weeks or four weeks, whatever it was thereafter. So there's a plug for the VA, they're, they're, they're doing their part. I agree. Uh, but there's a tab <clears throat> called contact on the website. And under it, you'll see the name, Linda Nelson, who's my director and producer. And if anyone has any questions about the piece uh, that they wanna ask about bringing it to them in one fashion or another, contact Linda. Or if you had a question, a, a, a substantive question, something about the content of the piece, uh, rather than the administration of it, uh, there's a web, there's an email address for me. You're welcome to email me. As I said, I'm closer to anonymous than famous. There's, there won't <laughs> oh, be any traffic jam. You said that until this podcast. There's <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, you're no, about no. to blow up. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to spell it. <laughs> but I did. Oh. Look, I've enjoyed being with you guys. I think it's been delightful. Yeah. We, we, we appreciate it. As Jeff said, it's, it's too bad that you're so soft-spoken and not, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> not as steadfast in your opinions as we'd like. But, you know, yeah, everybody's got to do what they got to do. All right, Stu, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everyone else, we will be right back after this commercial break. Stu, again, thank you very much for joining us.
Take care, all of you guys. Loved it. All right. Very reserved guy, Stu. Uh, Ashley, I know you enjoyed it. Tell I, I don't know what to say, but I know you enjoyed it. I know for folks listening, you can't see my face, but if you're watching the video, oh my gosh, he was so fun. He has such a magnetism about him. Like I just want to like buy him coffee or alcohol, whatever he wants. And I just want him to talk to me and just, just tell me about his life and just transport me to, I can't even believe like that took me, like his story took me to a place like of like my own considerations of like stepping away from like religion and more towards spirituality and like just this very brief moment in my childhood that I had this epiphany on and I was like oh man like whoo you got yeah. me you got me he, he, he's definitely fun Jeff yeah that's pretty good I guess <laughs> no it's uh it's 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 awesome when we get to do something that uh, really allows someone to showcase not only their experience, but how they use that experience and into what they're doing now. And obviously because I'm in Hollywood and uh, acting and all that kind of stuff, it's, I love to see, uh, I love to see someone do a performance, especially one that's genuine from the heart and based on uh, something authentic. And, he is nothing if not authentic. And the combination of yeah. just his general, like, filter-free uh, expression of his opinion, the slight accent, a little bit of a gruffly voice, it all comes together and, and it makes him the perfect person to tell those stories. Yeah. And I'm glad that we got to see that. As fun as he was, there was a little bit of fear in my questions, too, because he very well, like if you ask anyone else a question, they will answer your question. I felt like there was a very real possibility with Stu that he would just be like, that's a stupid question. Like, he is so <laughs> real. Like, I was like, all right, I got to like, be what? totally on my game. So well, I was close. So I was fun. close. Like, he goes, it. you want to ask that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and and I will say he was just as much fun when we were not recording. Uh, and mm. he just a very, very interesting cat. Very much fun to talk to. So I appreciate him. Yes. All right, folks. Uh, next week, we're going to step away from our regular podcast schedule and format for a special series to remember the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So 9-11-2020. Basically, we've got 20 episodes in 20 days leading up to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. 20 stories to help us reflect and remember the series is going to begin Monday, August 16th, and a new episode will be released every weekday until September 10th. Each episode will feature a guest with a unique story tied to the day of the attack. These stories are all incredible, so be sure to subscribe to Tango Alpha Lima on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll know when the new episodes release each day. And if you're worried that a daily shot of Team Tango won't be enough, follow the American Legion on your favorite social media channels. Because the three of us are going to be headed down to the National Convention in Phoenix, and we will be doing appearances, Lord knows how often. Let's hope that uh, we don't give the keys to the Facebook to Jeff, who might start broadcasting at 11 p.m. when we got a couple of uh, sauces in us. But folks, if you are going to be at the convention, definitely come and see us. Uh, I, I like Guinness, and I always have a friendly ear when I've got a Guinness in front of me. So come say hello to us. 
everyone else, as always, send us feedback, comment on YouTube, Facebook. Very excited to see you. And I think I speak for all of us when I say that the 20 episodes in 20 days, we've had a really good time. And you're going to hear from a great group of people who are all over the place in terms of where they were on September 11th, from people who were in the White House to people who were, I think, sophomores in high school. So you're going to, but you're going to hear every one of them has a unique point of view. And together, it's all like a puzzle that works in perfectly. So hope to join us for that. Ashley, Jeff, I think the next time I'm going to see you guys is going to be in 119 degree Phoenix, Arizona. You're going to be melting. You're you're going to be like pouring your Guinness on you. You're going to be just so, no, you'll drink it. You won't pour it on you. No, I won't pour it on myself. I I probably will look like frosty when the sun comes out because (laughs) like I'm just this big amorphous white blob and I'm going to absolutely melt. So if you've never seen a dude just melt, like it's going to... I think it's going to look like the guy who opened up the Ark of the Covenant in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. My face is going <laughs> to come great down. Reference. Yeah. So, you know, yes. come and cool me off with Guinness. All right. Pour all right. some and, Guinness and, 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 on Mark. Yeah. It's all about me right now. No, actually, Pour come and talk to Jeff. Jeff. Guinness on Mark. This is terrible. You know what? Wow. Just fade it out there. Just fade it out there. Leave, leave it out there. Leave That's me alone. Perfect. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be. All right, folks. We will see you later. Come see us at convention. Jeff, we'll Ashley. See you. see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.